Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with the latest developments in the Kenyan financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to provide you with a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color Podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This podcast may also be useful to fund managers and investors, professionals in the financial services sector, business owners and leaders, as well as Kenyans in the diaspora who are looking for investment opportunities back at home. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 44th week of 2022, that is from Monday the 31st of October to Friday the 4th of November. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United Kingdom, where the Bank of England held its first auction to sell government bonds as it attempts to shrink its quantitative easing portfolio that is valued at about 838 billion sterling pounds. The Bank of England is the first major central bank to start selling government bonds with a view to mopping up the excess liquidity which was injected over the past two years during its quantitative easing phase. Later in the week, on Thursday, the Bank of England announced its eighth consecutive rate hike this year and raised the bank rate by 75 basis points from 2.25% to 3%. The Monetary Policy Committee voted 7-2 in favor of the largest single rate hike since 1989 and said that further increases in the bank rate may be required for a sustainable return of inflation to the target level of 2%. The Bank of England in its policy report also warned that the United Kingdom is facing its longest recession with the economic downturn expected to extend well into 2024. According to the central bank, the outlook for Britain's economy is very challenging and with the country's gross domestic product projected to decline by around 0.75% over the second half of 2022. 
Moving over to the U.S. in line with market expectations, the U.S. Federal Reserve on Wednesday approved a fourth consecutive 75 basis point rate hike, taking its benchmark target range to between 3.75% and 4%, the highest level since January 2008. In addition to the rate hike, the market was also looking for a signal from the Fed as to whether it would step down its policy and raise interest rates by 50 basis points at its next meeting in December. Staying in the U.S., the Labor Department on Friday reported a stronger-than-expected growth in jobs in the month of October as non-farm payrolls grew by 261,000, while the unemployment rate unexpectedly increased from 3.5% to 3.7%. Although the jobs number was better than expected, it still marked the slowest pace of job gains since January 2020. Meanwhile, the average hourly earnings grew by 4.7% from a year ago and 0.4% for the month, indicating that wage growth is also contributing to the high levels of inflation. In the U.S. stock market, stocks rallied on Friday but finished the week lower as investors drew conflicting conclusions about what the latest payrolls data could mean for future rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained about 400 points to close at 32,403, while the S&P 500 advanced 1.36% to settle at 3,770. And the Nasdaq Composite rose 1.28% to finish at 10,475. All the major averages capped off the week with losses as the Dow shared 1.4%, while the S&P and Nasdaq fell by 3.35% and 5.65% respectively. In the U.S. bond market, on Friday, the yield on the two-year Treasury note hit a fresh 15-year high of 4.88%, its highest level since July 2007, before pulling back to close the day at 4.66%. Meanwhile, the 10-year Treasury note last traded about 5 basis points higher at 4.17%. The peak in yields came after the October jobs report painted a mixed picture of the labor market with uncertainty regarding the Fed's future policy path. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil rose by more than $4 on Friday on the back of a looming European Union ban on Russian crude oil, plus the possibility of China easing its COVID restrictions and was further supported by uncertainty around the future pace of interest rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve. However, Fears of a global recession helped to cap the gains as Brent crude was last up about 5% at $98.61 per barrel, 
whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate was also up by about 5% at $92.56 per barrel. Meanwhile, Marban Oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $93.26 a barrel from $95 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold jumped more than 2% on Friday as the dollar fell after data showing an uptick in the U.S. unemployment rate raised optimism that the Fed Reserve would be less aggressive on rate hikes going forward. Spot gold rose 2.75% to $1,674 per ounce and was up 1.8% for the week. On exchange rates for the major currencies, the U.S. dollar slumped on Friday after the U.S. non-farm payrolls showed that the world's largest economy created more new jobs than expected, but also displayed signs of a slowdown as the unemployment rate ticked up to 3.7%. The greenback initially rose immediately after the data, but fell as market participants digested the jobs report and noted that the data was not all positive and supported the view that the Federal Reserve could slow down the pace of future rate hikes. The Fed Fund's futures was pricing in a 51% chance for a 75 basis point rate hike at the Fed's next meeting in December. The dollar index, which is a measure of the greenback against a basket of six major currencies, fell 1.9% to 110.75 and was down 0.5% for the week. The dollar fell 1.1% against the yen to 146.60 yen and 2.1% versus the euro to $0.9960 per euro. We now shift gears to the local scene where according to the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics, the cost of living in Kenya hit a 65-month high on the back of elevated food and fuel prices. The rate of inflation over the past 12 months increased to 9.6% in the month of October as compared to 9.2% the previous month. Food inflation increased to 15.8% over the past 12 months while fuel inflation increased to 12.6% over the same period. For those of you who enjoy your tipple, the price of alcoholic drinks also went up by 6.7% after the Kenya Revenue Authority raised excise duty by 6.3% in line with the average rate of inflation for the financial year ended June 2022. At the same time, Kenya is undergoing the worst drought in 40 years, resulting in reduced food production, which raises the overall cost of living, as food accounts for nearly 30% of the typical household budget.
on the country's current account provisional data on the balance of payments, which represents the country's net trade position, shows that Kenya's current account deficit was estimated at 5.3% of gross domestic product in the 12 months to September 2022. The stable current account deficit was supported by receipts from service exports as well as diaspora remittances. On the Kenya shilling exchange rate, according to the Central Bank of Kenya, during the weekend review, the Kenya shilling remained stable against both major international and regional currencies. The Kenya shilling was trading at 121.45 versus the U.S. dollar and 139.85 to the sterling pound and 120.34 against the euro. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 31.08 Ugandan shillings and 19.20 Tanzanian shillings and 8.79 Rwandese francs. However, contrary to the official dollar shilling exchange rate that is published by the Central Bank of Kenya, the effective exchange rate at which commercial banks are selling the U.S. dollar is now above 130 shillings. For more information on the dollar shilling exchange rate, please listen to the topical issue at the tail end of this podcast. Moving on to foreign exchange reserves, the usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at 7.213 billion US dollars. That is equivalent to 4.04 months of import cover and meets the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. However, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have dropped to the lowest level in seven years, which is a clear indication of reduced foreign funding, compounded by a faster growth in imports as compared to exports. The foreign exchange reserves have declined from a peak of $8.81 billion recorded at the beginning of 2022 to the current levels of $7.21 billion, which is a decline of $1.6 billion in a period of just 10 months. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market recorded some improvement as government payments exceeded and more than offset tax remittances. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 25 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 4.75%, compared to 5.05% the previous week. During the week, the average value traded declined to 20.4 billion shillings from 32.2 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 3rd of November, and the central bank received bids totaling 43.6 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 182%. However, out of the 43 billion shillings received, the central bank ended up accepting only 39.4 billion shillings. 
interest rates increased marginally but remained stable with the 91-day rate ticking up by 1.2 basis points to 9.13%, while the 182-day rate inched up by 1.3 basis points to 9.69%, and the 364-day rate increased by 14.4 basis points to 10.10%. In the equities market, during the month of October, the market recorded a mixed performance with the NASI and the NSE25 gaining by 0.3% and 0.6% respectively, while the NSE20 declined by 2.3%. The market's performance was driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as East African breweries, which increased by 17.8%, NCBA Group rose by 4%, and Standard Chartered Bank ticked up by just 1.1%. These gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by the likes of KCB Group, which fell by 9.2%, Diamond Trust Bank declined by 4.5%, and BAT was trading lower by 2.3%. However, during the week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI, the NSC20, and the NSC25 declining by 0.7%, 0.3%, and 0.9% respectively. This takes the year-to-date performance to losses of 23.7% for the NASI, 12.5% for the NSC20 and 17.7% for the NSC25. The market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by banking stocks such as NCBA Group and Equity Group, which decreased by 3.6% and 2.4% respectively, while manufacturing stocks such as East African Breweries and BAT declined by 1.6% and 1.5% respectively. These losses were, however, mitigated by gains recorded by stocks such as Absa Bank and Bamburi, which rose by 2.2% and 1.2% respectively. Meanwhile, market capitalization declined by 1.4%, whilst equity turnover also fell by about 25%. In the secondary bond market, during the past week, bond turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 50%, whilst on an annual basis, bond turnover has declined by 21% to 634 billion shillings. Meanwhile, in the international market, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds declined by an average of 44 basis points, with the 2024 maturity declining by 58 basis points. Despite the challenging global economy, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on a downward trajectory for the month of October, with the yield on the 10-year eurobond, which matures in 2024, recording the largest decline from 17.6% to 15.6%. We now look at the topical issue for this week, which is about the effective exchange rate for the dollar shilling. 
the official exchange rate for the dollar shilling as published by the Central Bank of Kenya on Friday the 4th of November stood at 121.45. And over the past two years, the Kenya shilling has declined from a rate of 101.35 recorded on the 2nd of January 2020 to the current levels of 121.45, which is a depreciation of about 20%. However, a quick spot check of several commercial banks revealed that the effective selling rate for the U.S. dollar is now above 130 shillings. That means there is a difference of about 9 shillings between the official central bank rate and the effective market rate which commercial banks are offering their clients. This is not the first time that the issue of a parallel dollar market is being highlighted. You will recall that in June this year, the Kenya Association of Manufacturers raised the issue of a shortage of dollars in the local market, saying its members were struggling to access sufficient dollars to meet their requirements. However, the governor of the central bank brushed off their concerns, insisting there was sufficient foreign currency to meet demand, given that Kenya's foreign exchange market generates and distributes about $2 billion a month. However, despite the reassurance from the central bank governor, Soon thereafter, Pwani Oil, which is one of the largest manufacturers in Kenya, proceeded to shut down its edible oil factory, citing the inability to access sufficient U.S. dollars as the main reason for the shutdown. A similar scenario played out in December 2020 when Standard Bank South Africa, in a client note, warned of the risk of the development of a dollar black market in Kenya as market players were quoting different exchange rates from those published by the Central Bank of Kenya. In my humble opinion, the problem is not really about the shortage of U.S. dollars in the market. In my view, the problem is a lack of a free market where buyers and sellers can freely interact without interference or intervention by the regulator. The interbank forex market is the primary market where price discovery is supposed to happen. Price discovery is the process by which buyers and sellers agree on a price based on the current demand and supply for a particular product, in this case, the US dollar. At this particular moment in time, There is an excessive demand for the U.S. dollar. However, the problem is not the demand in my view. The challenge is how to unlock the supply side. According to the latest data from the Central Bank of Kenya, local banks on behalf of their clients are holding on to about 905 billion shillings worth of dollar deposits that is equivalent to $7.5 billion. The question, therefore, is how do we unlock the supply side? The answer is very simple, and that is to let the Kenya shilling depreciate. Once the Kenya shilling has depreciated, it will entice those holding dollars to sell, and in the process over a period of time, the exchange rate will stabilize, And only then will we get to know 
the real value of the dollar shilling exchange rate. Whilst the central bank does not have a preferred level for the dollar shilling exchange rate, it is highly unlikely that they will allow the Kenya shilling to depreciate sharply as this will have dire consequences on the economy ranging from imported inflation to challenges in financing our foreign external obligations. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, in addition to our usual audio directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, the Market Color Podcast is now available on YouTube. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spells J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. And as usual, I look forward to interacting with you again next week. But before I sign off, please allow me to share this quote from Oprah Winfrey. We all want the same thing, and that is to fulfill the highest and truest expression of ourselves as human beings. I wish you a great week ahead. Thank you and God bless.